For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at MyPillow.com. Woo! Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. How you doing, Rebel fam? I hope you are doing well. Laura and I are thinking about you so much. All of you out there in quarantine, spouses at home, kids at home, in each other's hair, we are thinking about you. We are praying for you. If you need anything, if you need any resources, if you need to reach out, please do help at rebelparenting.org. Go straight to Laura and I, help at rebelparenting.org. Got a great program for you today. It is a Moms on the Mic episode with the presidents of Help Club for Moms, Deb Weekly and Rachel Jones. Uh, This is a great organization. They support moms. We love moms. We like supporting moms. And this is a fantastic organization. You can find them at helpclubformoms.com. A lot of good resources right now going on for our quarantine time. Let's dive into it. Here is Deb Weekly and Rachel Jones on this Moms on the Mic edition of Rebel Parenting. We are live. I got to tell you, I had so much fun. People coming on now have already been watching us earlier today. We had so much fun doing that broadcast. That, that was, was so, a blast. Such and a blessing. goodness gracious, uh, Help Club for Moms apparently is uh, Alive and well. <laughs> a, very, a very loyal bunch of people because, man, did we have more. We had easily more comments on that broadcast than we've had on any past broadcast. Oh, praise God. Definitely. So thank you for being here. It's great to have you. Will you introduce yourselves and talk a little bit about Health Club for Moms? Yes. Uh, Well, my name is Deb Weekly, and Rachel and I and several other uh, women have uh, been working at Help Club for Moms for about four years now, and we just started it as a desire that we wanted to encourage women uh, to know Jesus, to know the love of Christ, and to be real. We really value being real with one another. None of our stuff is professional that we do. We write our own books. We pray over them a lot. Uh, We edit them ourselves. Mm -hmm. We publish them ourselves. We love a publisher, but... uh, but, (laughs) But but we we really uh, value. Talk to me afterwards. You we, don't really want to publish her as much oh, you as don't. you do. Oh, okay. Maybe well, it depends on the publisher. Good to know. We want to do everything in the power of the Holy Spirit, and mm-hmm. that's our goal to work um, with God to reach women and to help them. Yeah, Rachel, how'd you join? Hi, um, I joined. Uh, I met Deb about five years ago, and she called me and said she had this amazing idea for ministry. At the time, I was working for Young Life. And I had just kind of stopped doing Young Life. I And it was the perfect timing. And I felt this emptiness without a ministry. Mm-hmm. And then I jumped on Help Club for Moms. And I never knew what it was going to involve. It's been amazing to see how much it's grown. And I love it. I'm able to speak and to write and to encourage moms. And mm-hmm. since I'm a mom myself, it's nice to be doing ministry that is the season of life I'm in right now. Definitely. So, yeah. It was a natural transition from Young Life to mm-hmm. Help Club for Moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what are the kind of things that you guys deal with? What are the things that you see? It's interesting as we talk to people, there are usually themes that keep coming back. You know, in Rebel Parenting, one of the things we hear from moms is the loudest voice in their head is the one saying she's not doing a good enough exactly, job. Exactly, yes. Where there's just... Am I really doing it right? Am I mm-hmm. blowing? Am I going to ruin my kid? Yes. Are they going to be in therapy talking yes. about this later yes, on? Exactly. You know, kind of a thing. A lot of mom guilt. Yeah. A lot of mom guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that voice is also the voice of the enemy. 
because oh, he wants sure. to discourage us. Because when you believe that you're going to fail, you start acting differently towards your kids than if you believe that you can do it with mm. God helping you. Totally. You act completely mm-hmm. different. And I think that that's an, an, a tactic of the enemy that he wants to tell us lies, even about our parenting, especially about our parenting. But he'll tell us that we're going to mess up our kids. And we think it's our voice, but a lot of times it's his. And he really, because we do act differently. We're like, oh, it's not going to, nothing's going to work or nothing I do will work. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. such a good distinction because I was just thinking, I've never thought of it that way, but mm-hmm. if I'm thinking that I'm going to fail, I'm going to be more controlling and I'm going to yes, be more shaming exactly. towards my child or mm-hmm. I'm going to be more worried about what you think of how I'm doing instead mm-hmm. of just trusting in the Lord and mm-hmm. to being what he's called me to be as a mom. Exactly. Oh, I've never thought of it that mm-hmm. way. Thanks. Uh-huh. I'll talk about that from a motorcycle standpoint. Oh, I, I love to, that. Yeah. I love that. Totally. I started riding motorcycles, goodness, I don't know, a long time ago. And I got my first bike was a dirt bike and had never ridden a motorcycle before. And I joined this group of guys that rode in the desert. And the one thing they told me is look where you want to go. Yes. Not what you want to avoid. If there's a big rock in the middle of a trail, don't focus on the rock or you're going to run straight into it. Focus on the trail. Focus on where you want the bike to go. You're going to go towards where you're looking not towards that obstacle. And mm-hmm. it was true when you'd see somebody, so like, oh no, I'm gonna hit the rock, I'm gonna hit the rock, oh, I'm hitting the rock. Instead of, this is the way the trail's going, this is where I need to be going, focusing on what's good. And that's really with with kids, we just wanna tell them, especially as they get older, when you get those young tweens and the teenage years and they start doing things that you don't like, the thing most parents do is keep pointing out what they're doing wrong. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They just keep saying, well, you know that's wrong, right? Yes. You know that's wrong. Yes. Yeah. If you have, if they haven't learned by now, this is the wrong path. Well, then you haven't done your job. Right. You know they yeah. know what they're doing. Jordan Peterson has twelve rules for life. I was watching him on YouTube recently, and a parent was asking, "Well, what do I do?" Mm. And he said, "Find areas where your kids are stretching themselves, mm. where they've gone above and beyond, where it's not the norm, where they've not taken the easy way out, but they've really done something different." And then really start praising that. Point it out to him. Point it to another person. Tell him, hey, I told somebody um, this about you that I was so impressed of. That's my son's love language. Oh, uh, I forget what it Words was. Words of he... affirmation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He did something that was a little bit dangerous. I don't remember what it was. It just wasn't in his nature. It wasn't what he would normally do. And I was like, no way. Good for you. That was risky. You took a risk there. Way to go. And I had been telling somebody about it. And I said, you know, I was with Mr. Sones the other day. And I was telling him how proud of you I was when you did these things. And I remember seeing the look on, I got this from Wendy Gossett. We give away one of her child temperament tests. Mm. Uh, And that was one of the things that said it would speak to him. And when I told him that, the look on his face, I remember thinking, oh, I did it. I did it. I was a good parent right now. You heard that. You feel love. I'm a good parent. Yay. Oh my goodness. This worked. And it makes me want to do it again and again. Yep. You know, saying when you're doing the thing that's stretching you, when it's above and beyond, when you set the table and ask you to, when you cleaned up your plate and you normally don't clean your plate, whatever those little things, even if they should be doing that, if they don't normally do it, yes. way to go. Way to go. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. I think something about Help Club for Moms, uh, since I've been doing mom ministry, is that a lot of women are just trying to parent in their own strength. Yes. And something that we always talk about and write about in our books is that we desperately need Jesus, but we're just ordinary women who pray to the Lord. Mm -hmm. We're we're not more... You know, we're not more special than you. We're not more equipped than you. Neither one of us went to seminary. No. no one on our team actually went to seminary. We 
are ordinary women who lean on the Lord in our yes. parenting. And I think Deb about, I don't know, five, six months ago said our slogan should be making Jesus easy. Yes. And I love yeah. that because Jesus doesn't need to be difficult. He's not hard to find, you mm -hmm. know? And I yeah. think that a lot of parents just, I don't know if they don't want to take the time or they think they don't need the Lord's help. And that's kind of what I'm going to share later is I just thought I knew everything when I became a parent and I didn't really need the Lord. And boy, did he show me. He showed you. <laughs> so, I'll yeah. tell you. You know, I say this, from, I don't care. I'll throw myself under the bus. It's really interesting. My parents <laughs> have been in the ministry since uh, before the 80s and the 70s. Really, it blew up in the 80s when Focus on the Family film series came out. 100 million people saw it. Mm. And at that time, you couldn't throw yourself under the bus. He couldn't go on the air and be like, oh, man, did I blow it with Shirley last night? You're not going to believe what I said. I hurt her feelings so much. I'm going to have to make amends. And yeah. people would have been like, what? They would have just flooded away. But vulnerability now is admirable. And people really like that. And it helps us all to be approachable when mm -hmm. we're vulnerable. Yes. So it's interesting. Your parents couldn't. You know, they were forced to just have this, I know what I'm doing and I'm a great dad. Well, and they wouldn't That'd claim to be perfect, but mm -hmm. you couldn't say, hey, I really blew it. That would be so hard. Yeah, that would be hard. Yeah. So hard. It would, I, because you know, it's like, come on, you know, I've got to be able to go out and say, oh, hey, I blew it. Yeah. I yeah. really yeah. ruined this situation and I need to make amends. And, you know, and then it's funny mm -hmm. when I do that, people are like, oh, me too. I did this. Da, da, da. You know, in the comment section, you're like, oh, look, we're like everybody else. Yeah. And it's good for our kids to hear us saying, I blew it. Like you said in the last prayer time. Mm -hmm. Our kids appreciate when we can actually come to them and ask for yes. forgiveness and tell them, oh my goodness, I shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry. Don't follow mommy's lead and don't do that. But I'm a human and I'm a sinner. And I think it absolutely, once our kids reach the age of, you know, eight, nine, ten, and they're learning the concept of sin, Ooh, they yeah. have to know that I'm a sinner and I need Jesus just like you and just like seven-year-old grandpa, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. I love that. Definitely, definitely. The other one is that formulaic. I think there was definitely a generation of authors and writers that wrote A plus B equals C yes. books mm -hmm. or first time obedience. Yeah. You in, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Let's no. talk about that. Uh, no. I tell you what, I think first time obedience parenting style has pushed so many kids away yes. from the Lord. I agree. Uh, if, for those that don't know, that's so funny because uh, we, we went to a mops group recently and it's, oh my goodness, all young moms. I realized mm. I was double most of those moms' ages. Mm. I was like, how dare you be so young in parents? I've like, <laughs> never even heard the concept of first no. time obedience. Yeah, first time tell, obedience. Tell, tell the joke about it. I will, but uh, but I want to I want to tell people first time obedience is essentially if your kid sins or does something you don't like, it's to punish them so severely mm -hmm. that they never do it again. Yes, and it's like wait a minute that doesn't work. Right. It didn't work mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. It won't work for you. It's not in the Bible. Mm -hmm. If you're driving to work and you're doing 70 and a 65 and a cop pulls you over and you're like, oh, great. And you get your license registration. He's like, get out of the car. And you're like, what? And you get out of the car. And he grabs your arms and throws them behind your back and puts you in cuffs. And you're like, what are you doing? You're like, you're being arrested. <laughs> like I'm doing five miles an hour over. And he's like, that's right. But you'll never speed again. Yeah. You're like, well, I guess. And you get to work. and You're like, you're not going to believe this. You go to your boss. You know, you won't believe what happened today. Well, you're fired. Like, wait, what? I got arrested for going five miles an hour. I'm just late. I'm only late to work. That's right, but you'll never be late again. <laughs> like, really? You know, and the parents that were doing that to kids, it just it it forced a wedge it, between yeah. them. And that's where that formulaic parenting style came from. That A plus B equals C. If I do these things, you're gonna turn out perfectly. And mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't ever work. 
work no. that way. They never respond the way you think they're going to respond. Your kids' temperaments are different from child to child. And that A plus B equals C allows a parent to be like, well, I did it right. And you didn't behave the way the book said. Therefore, it's your fault, not mine. And then there's a wedge driven between. Instead of just being like, you know what? We're just going to keep figuring each other out. And, yes, yeah. and you don't have to rush through it. Yes. yes. I, I got to be honest. I get very nervous when I talk about this in front of groups because I think I'm right. But I'm not 100%. You know, when I was growing up, a lie was a lie was a lie. Mm -hmm. If you lied, there were severe consequences for lying. There is a lie is a lie is a lie. And liars go to the lake of hellfire and we don't lie. And it doesn't matter what the reason is. We don't lie. Mm -hmm. And it was, I don't know, it was a couple years ago. Lucy came in crying and she said, Bobo sprayed water on my face and then he laughed at me. And I was like, what? That for sure didn't happen. Like, if he came in and said, you did that, that may have happened. But he would never do that. That's just <laughs> not him. And I kept asking her, is that what happened? Yes, that's what happened. I mean, she stuck to her guns on that story. And I was like, I... And she really wanted me to do something about it. And I just thought, I, I know this didn't happen. I don't know what happened. It took me about 35 or 40 minutes to get the full story out. They had all been playing with water. She did at one point get sprayed in the face. He didn't respond the way she thought he was going to respond. It embarrassed her. It scared her. It might have hurt a little bit. But she was really upset. She was like five at the time. And she didn't have the verbal communication skills to express in the moment, in her terror or in her, in her hurt and in her fear and her embarrassment, all the things that took place that made her sad. And it came out as, Bobo sprayed me and then he laughed. Mm. Well, did she lie? Yeah. She did. Is it a lie is a lie is a lie? I don't know. Yeah. But I didn't punish her for that. Mm -hmm. I explained to her what the truth is and what telling the truth is. And we have talked about it since then. Mm -hmm. But I cannot imagine spanking that child for over sure. lying. It was, mm -hmm. it was not, in my book, that was not a punishable offense. And while that does is say, I've got to fix you at five. Right. So that you don't sin at 35 That's instead of fear. being like, it's fear. It's, it's all fear-based fear parenting instead of being fear. like, you know what? Fear-based parenting. You were parenting to her heart, which is what she needed. And our kid's <sighs> heart, you know, it, you knew that probably punishing her or spanking her would have just made the situation worse. Yes. So worse. And she just needed a nice little conversation with her dad. You know, and, yeah. and so yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so important. You said, Laura, a few seconds ago, but you kind of said it under your breath. We need to be students of our children. Yes. And I think that's yes. really important. Yes. So, yeah, I we think do. that's amazing. Can I just say, Laura is the one that teaches me these things. <laughs> For real. I grew up binary. I grew up black and white. I grew up in the Nazarene church. I grew up with my parents as my parents. I grew up very, very, very strict. And you do these things certain ways. And these are the ways to do them. And there's one way to do them. And this is the way to do them. And I have learned so much from being able to come home. By the way, this whole like equal parenting thing, that's so dumb. <laughs> it's seriously so dumb. It is so ridiculous. I work all day long. Mm -hmm. My yeah. wife homeschools our kids two days a week and then she's with them way more hours mm -hmm. than I am. Mm -hmm. Me coming home and pretending that I know everything that's gone on during the day mm -hmm. and I'm gonna parent this way instead of being like, hey, what's up with the kids? And she'll be like, oh man, Lincoln had a terrible day today and he really needs... Mm -hmm. He needs a bunch of love tonight. Mm -hmm. And then I'm not coming in, you know, bowling yeah, him over. That's and so yeah. good that you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry. 
being students. Yes, being students of our children. I think it's one of the most important things we can do Mm -hmm. because then we're ministering more towards their heart and not towards what we think we want or what we should see or should, you know, it gets away of the shoulds. I hate that word, you know. (laughs) We should on our children all the time of what what they want, what we want them to do or what we don't want them to do. And then I love it that Ryan and I found that out early on in marriage and in in our parenting is that he does ask me like, hey, how is Lucy today? How oh, is Lincoln That's today? So how, how did school go or how? Because I'm the one picking them up. I'm the one carpooling. I'm the one feeding them. I'm the one knowing if they're yeah. not eating and yep. something's up and some emotions are off or yep. they had a bad day. And so it really helps get through the I, evening. I love that you guys do that because you wouldn't even believe how many people uh, still, even in today's generation, the husband will come home and the mom will say, wait till your dad gets home. And then the oh, poor, yeah. the poor dad worked all day uh, has to come home and discipline no his child. No dad wants that. No dad wants he that. Wants no, no, yeah. no. He's the bad guy He's the bad guy. And but do you should... know where I heard that first? Where? Where I heard this whole like equal parenting is, is total baloney was a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm. Okay. He is a marketing expert. He says the F word way too many times to ever play on this show and (laughs) you know it's interesting though but i listen to people for where the truth comes from when he said that i thought my goodness that is gold Mm -hmm. that's gold my wife is so much more intuitive than i am i don't have intuition Mm -hmm. when one side of my brain works the other side shuts off that Mm -hmm. is the way a man's brain works Mm -hmm. when baby boys are in (laughs) utero their brains are flooded with testosterone and it splits the brain down the middle it absolutely Mm -hmm. does that is scientific and when baby girls are in utero and their brain is flooded with estrogen that super highway is melded together so that both halves can light up at the exact same time and intuition comes from that Mm -hmm. i don't have that Mm -hmm. i don't have that and i need to look at her and be like hey What's going on? Do you know what she really taught me with Lucy? Our society says, it's okay, don't cry. Don't cry, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You don't need to cry, don't cry. Mm -hmm. And I would do that with her and she would, it would ramp up. It would just Mm -hmm. ramp up and ramp up. And I realized, you know what? She needs to cry. She needs to cry. I need to cry at times. And I need to someone not to tell me you don't need to cry. And with Lou, when she cries and it's like, oh, do you want to cry? Okay, we'll cry. Just come over. You cry in dad's lap. So Let's sweet. just cry. And I'm not perfect by any stretch. I am tooting my own horn and That's I shouldn't so do it. That's so sweet. No, but, but I like hearing that. That helps more than anything I can possibly do with her is just be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Let's just be emotional. Let's cry. Let's just be sad. Because and- you know what? Uh, our children all have the need to be heard just yes. like we do. Mm-hmm. And if we're always minimizing their feelings, I read this great book and I'm going to talk about it with you on Moms on the Mic. Uh, we're going to come on Moms on the Mic oh, next month. Great. And I read this great book uh, written by Elizabeth Elliot's great grandfather called Hints on Child Training. It was written in 1890 and it's fantastic. Oh, ooh, wow. But it was all, uh, one of the chapters is all about sympathy. And it, he says there is no way that a parent could gain power over their child, like in that era, I think they use that for leading and guiding their child, but gain power over their child than by having sympathy with them. And so instead of minimizing, in in 1890, this man said that during the era of children should be seen and not heard. And so, but I was going to say earlier that uh, when we think about first time obedience, I think we need to remember that when was, when did we stop sinning and when did we start obeying God the first time? 
Do you know what I'm saying? Because I don't obey God the first time. I'm so thankful that God doesn't mm-hmm. get mad at me. I mean, he convicts Amen. me mm-hmm. and he's gentle, but I feel like we need to be doing that with our children I as talk well. about that. I'll yeah. be like totally getting on my kids for something. The Lord's like, you know you don't do that very well either. I'm like, wait, what? Oh no, really? Oh, I'm terrible at this. And that's why that first time obedience is such baloney. It makes me so mad. Mm-hmm. And you meet kids that grew up under that and they're so angry at the church because it was all put under the guise of faith. Well, this is what Jesus wants me to do. No, it's not. Right. No, it's not. Right. He wants you to mm-hmm. love your kids and let them know there's nothing you can do that's going to make me love you less or more. I'm going to love Absolutely. you the same way every single day, regardless of where you're at, regardless of what you're doing. I'm not embarrassed of you. I'm not ashamed of you. You're not an inconvenience to me. That mm-hmm. I am so stoked to have you in my life. I mean, I learn more about myself and about faith because of my kids mm, than absolutely. almost any other situation. I love yeah, that. I was just going to say that. And I think that when we expect our kids to obey the first time, it's almost like a hollow. They're just kind of obeying and, and giving us what we want. But the foundation often is not there. Yes. And we haven't reached a place like the moment you shared with Lucy. I mean, we haven't had that tender moment. They just obeyed and wanted to get out of there. So right. they want to get punished, you know? But yep. That doesn't build a strong foundation that Not we all. all desire to have with our kids and they're grown. Yeah. Yes. So. Amen. When I was just thinking, like, these are some of the pitfalls we fall into. Right. And through my life, I didn't have, my mom wasn't um, a Christian, so I didn't have a role model to lead me. But over the years, I've just allowed friends and older moms to lead me and mm-hmm. teach me just little nuggets mm-hmm. here and there along the way. Like, mm-hmm kids aren't an inconvenience yes they're a blessing sometimes i'll be busy getting ready for a show or getting ready to go speak at an event and i'm thinking oh i gotta get ready i gotta do all this and you know lucy's coming in and and just to stop and be like no this is not an inconvenience this is a blessing she is a blessing and she is more important than whatever i'm gonna go speak on or talk on always and and i learned that from another mom and just little things that i keep learning along the way that just get implanted into my heart that I'm so thankful for. And I know I have plenty more to learn, you know, but it's just being open to those third parties. I am just a huge advocate of being encouraged by other women. Right. Rachel and I were talking um, a while back. We were praying about coming on the show and we were talking about the fact that whether you're a first generation Christian or a second generation Christian, that it really affects your parenting. Where Rachel, the type of a mom that Rachel was when her kids were little and the type of mom that I was whenever my kids were little, we were like night and day. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I, I wanted to share that with the parents because you're a first generation Christian and you're a how many generation Christian? I'm the, let's see. My dad was the sixth generation, but oh my goodness. well, I'm sure there's wow. more before that, but there were five pastoral generations in a row. He was the first person to not be ordained, which I think is silly. I mean, he's led 8 billion people yeah. in the Lord. <laughs> and then I got ordained. He doesn't have wow. a certificate. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. How silly. It's a piece of paper. I always think that's so funny because he always points it out like, oh, I wasn't ordained. Oh, and it's like, wow. Ah, technicality. Come on. You know what's interesting about that? I think one of the big things I meet with first-generation Christian parents are they're so worried their kids are going to be just like them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I remember distinctly, I can, I know exactly what I'm talking about, and I won't throw under the bus, but <laughs> I had a mom that kept punishing her kids for her past sins. Mm. And she kept accusing them of doing the things that she did in the past. And I was finally like, hey, you got to understand, if you're going to punish your kid for something they're not doing, they will start doing it because they're going to get punished anyway. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, she didn't stop. 
And every one of her kids started doing all the things that she didn't want them to do because she was already punishing them for those exact things. And it was like, well, I used to do drugs and sell drugs. and I used to be promiscuous and I can't have my kids be that. And she would constantly accuse her daughters of being promiscuous when they weren't. Right. Yes. Well, then they got promiscuous. Yes. Now, thank the Lord. I now see them and they are a great family. They have come together and there's been all kinds of forgiveness and there's been asking for forgiveness and all those types of things. And there was a long season of you got to back off. You got to back really off. You really got to slow it. But it's it's fear. It's that fear-based. Paul Tripp's book, Parenting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tease him because Parenting, 14 Gospel Principles to Radically Transform Your Family. <laughs> Terrible title. <laughs> okay. I don't know who let him publish. A, a Christian publisher published that one. And then the cover is a hardwood floor with a rocking horse and like uh, wallpaper and wainscoting and like a chair rail, this whole thing in the background. I'm like, who's picking this book up? <laughs> That book changed my Mm. life. It changed my life because he said, hey, parenting is this long, long arch. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is not a 30-minute sitcom. It's not a two-hour movie that you got to wrap it up. This is something that lasts a long, long time. time. And the relationship you want with your kids is one that's created where when they're in their 30s, they can be like, hey, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing with this thing. Can you help me? Mm -hmm. Hey, Mm -hmm. it's that open door. Hey, you need help? I'm always here. I'm not going to judge you for this. I'm not going to put you down for it. I just want to be able to be there for you, not overbearing, not putting down, not shaming, just, hey, I blew it a million times. You'll blow it a million times. We all blow it a million times. Let's just keep picking ourselves back up and pointing ourselves in the right direction. This long arch to where- That's so good. I ask my parents for advice now when they're in their 80s. Why? especially ministry. My goodness, there's nothing we've not gone through that my dad's not been through 800,000 times. I had a board member that was trying to derail everything we did and I was like, what am I? I remember telling Laura, like, I can't fire a board member. What am I going to do? I called my dad. He goes, oh, in 1987, so-and-so was on my board and he did da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, what? (laughs) And he goes, and then in 94, this person was on my board and they did. He had four or five stories. I'm like, what do I do? And he had perfect Mm -hmm. advice he didn't say ryan how dumb why would you put a guy like that on your board Mm. what were you thinking when you nothing of the sort came out of his mouth it was like oh my goodness i went through this heartache and headache like you did and here's what i did maybe this will help you immensely helpful Mm, that's so good Uh, what you were talking about earlier because i want rachel to say about being a second generation christian like what you were talking about earlier with first generation Christians struggling with fear. Mm-hmm. If I could yeah. say one thing that I, I wish I would have done differently that I finally learned. <laughs> Took me a while. But God taught me is ask the Lord to help you to walk by faith. Mm-hmm. Like what you're saying with being comfortable enough, like as a parent to walk with your child through a hard time and to believe in them and to be humble. It takes faith to do all that. Mm-hmm. And remembering that. Our parenting doesn't depend on us. It depends on God. And just because we can, like for me, like uh, don't miss out on the video that we did earlier today on prayer, that we did one earlier, or the podcast too. But if you have a past, you're a first generation Christian and you've made mistakes. And it's very easy when your kids become teenagers to say, uh, oh my gosh, what if they do this? What if they do this? And then you can start acting out on that and you can start treating your kids like you said your friend did Mm -hmm. as if they're going to become like that. But that doesn't show faith. You know, the Bible says that uh, fretting leads to harm. Fretting leads to harm. And uh, God says, don't do it. 
And so we need to just ask God to help us to have faith. Number one, that we're a new creation in ourselves, that we are new as Christ followers and our past is gone. Mm -hmm. So we have this whole new life and your children are standing on your shoulders. Since you're a first generation Christian, Laura, Mm -hmm. your children and your children are standing on some immense shoulders of all those generations of Christians. Your children are standing on your shoulders. So they're so much better. You know, they already have a head start. You have the Lord leading you. And Mm -hmm. so by having faith and not being afraid, we won't go to formulas. We won't be legalistic. We won't be just all these things that we try to do. We try not to be like our parents so bad that sometimes we become like our parents. Yes, it's true. And I think that God, I mean, if you look at the word, I've been thinking about this a lot, especially in January, people put so much emphasis on dieting and exercise. Mm -hmm. But do we ever think about what God's word says makes a healthy person? And one of those Mm -hmm. things is getting rid of bitterness and unforgiveness. And if we can't, if we keep bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts with our parents or our our people that hurt us, then our lives will not be the same as if we forgave. We will be, we'll have a new clean slate in our parenting if we can Mm -hmm. forgive our parents versus parenting out of the pain that we experienced as children. If we forgive our parents and forgive people that have hurt us, we let go and we live out of the love of Jesus Christ. And so we're able to be better parents. But that's uh, just being a first generation Christian. And, but I wanted to make sure so rachel and i were talking and it was really interesting that she was sharing everything yeah yeah sorry oh sorry you know you just it's something you said you said you know if you had a past and if you did things you regret in your past things like that i have been waiting for the day that my kids ask me the question i don't want to answer and what do you say Mm. like what do you say in those times and i believe in telling the truth i'm really honest like we went to disneyland recently and we stood in line uh, it's a small world the app said 45 minutes it was hour 20 in that line and about 45 minutes in lincoln goes daddy this ride better be worth it and i went oh oh for sure it's not going to be worth it for you you are going to hate this ride (laughs) and he was like he was like what and i go oh no no no. we're all standing in this line just for lucy it's only for this you're going to hate this one but he asked me a couple weeks ago we were someplace and someone was smoking and he is a he's offended by fast food he's offended by he is (laughs) oh oh, my goodness yeah but he said daddy did you ever smoke and i just thought here it comes and i go yeah Yeah. like and lucy goes oh no daddy never would do that (laughs) and i was like oh no oh no and i go yeah actually i did and they were both like what what you did and i just thought oh no am i am i am i blowing it am i giving them permission am i giving them license Mm. all these things and he said daddy why why would you do that and I said, you know, Lincoln, when I was 16 years old, I went to a school in England, in the UK. Mm. I was there for a semester. And it was a boarding school for, most kids lived there. I was one of the very few that traveled there. Mm. And of 83 people in my school, 82 smoked. Wow. Every professor I had smoked. Wow. Every kid but one smoked. They had ashtrays outside of every classroom. At every break, everybody would go outside and smoke. And every single person I was around all day, every day smoked. And he said, uh, were they trying to pressure you into smoking? And I said, no, but I felt left out. Mm. I felt like I wasn't a part of it. And they teased, not, they didn't bully the one kid that didn't. Mm -hmm. But he was the angel. He was the Superman. He was the, Mm. like, ooh, you don't smoke. And they didn't, it wasn't. 
it wasn't mean. I just, at that stage in my life, I did not want to stand out. Mm. I didn't want to stand. Now, the problem was, it took me a long time to quit. Mm. At 16, when you start smoking and you start smoking that much, I mean, people were smoking like crazy in the mm. UK then. It was a terrible thing. And it took me a while to quit that. I didn't ever want to tell my kids that. Mm. But it would have been a lie. Mm-hmm. It just would have been a lie and I wouldn't have been able to talk about peer pressure and I wouldn't have been able to talk about feelings and feeling bad and wanting to fit in and not having anyone bullying me, but just wanting to be a part of everybody else. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be like everybody so else. True. I didn't want to be different. Yes. Yeah. And I had to let it, you know, and you know, Lucy, the look of shock on Lucy's face, we're driving oh. in the car. I looked in the back and she was like, <laughs> she could not believe daddy did that and i feel a little bad and like well you're gonna listen i am a sinner i am not perfect Mm -hmm. by any stretch and if you're not gonna figure it out with this you'll figure it with something else and so i better just be honest with you about it well and i think the smoking is just a small part of it it was more the deeper issue of wanting to fit in probably lacking self-esteem and that can play out in dozens of different ways in particular cigarettes in your situation but that was one of the worst years of my life Mm -hmm. i changed schools three times i went to school i went to three schools in two separate countries oh my goodness in one year i failed two classes for the first time uh, I mean, there were, I almost didn't get to go on the trip because I got in trouble with a teacher. I mean, there were so many things going on. Mm-hmm. I was in a terrible state and looking back, completely normal decision. <laughs> totally. And if my kids did that, I'd be like, Oh, yep. Totally. <laughs> for sure. That makes sense. I, I totally understand. Do mm-hmm. I like it? No. Am I sad about it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Mm, you might so do good. it. I remember when I was three years old, three somehow smoking and drinking came up in our household. And I remember my sister being like, Ryan, you'll never smoke or drink, will you? You'll (laughs) never do it, will you? I guarantee you, at three, I can remember thinking, you know, I'm really little, and I'm gonna live a long time. I don't think I can make that promise right now. And I remember saying, I don't know. And she was just like, what? She told my parents. We had this whole family discussion. Like, you can never do this. You can never do it. I'm like, well, I know I shouldn't do it, but can I? Yeah. I think I might be able to do it. I don't think I should, but, you know. Well, I'd like to speak into that becoming one that came from a non-Christian home. Mm -hmm. I think for me, I think there's it's age appropriate. Also, yeah, things yeah. you're going to share. Definitely, definitely. So, That's good. Yes. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Age appropriate. Yes. And I'm not saying you need to omission. But there's some things you can leave out. And yes. I think that's okay. You can teach mm-hmm. the story. Like what you were saying, Rachel. You can teach the story about the emotions and the feelings you were having mm-hmm. that made those poor choices, but not necessarily give the details. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, Especially if there I was think promiscuity tell their or parents, drug addiction. Your kids way or, too much too soon. Yes. Well, I didn't even tell my kids for, they were shocked. Yeah. Because they were much older. So, well, yeah. right. And I just think Because mine was a lot worse, probably, yeah. I'm sure. But, but there's, a time and, yes. there's a time and a place for everything, I think. There's a time I and think. a place and God, for everything. If you're connected to God and yes, you're walking with the Holy you. Spirit, he will tell you. He yes. will nudge your heart of what, oh, here's an open door. Yes. There's an open door. This is time. It's time to share mm-hmm. of who God is, so how good. God has changed me in the 
in the process, in the struggle, because we believe here in Rebel Parenting, we're all in the struggle. Yes, we're all in the struggle so together. Mm -hmm. Now we just get to teach our kids how to struggle well. That's mm -hmm. right. That's right. And your goal yeah. is to build a relationship so that when you do give more of the truth, it's like, oh, I understand. You shouldn't have told me that when I was this age. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's so not, good. You know, it's not the... I've been perfect my entire life. And then when they're 30, it's like, well, I wasn't really that perfect. Oh, yeah, it's like, for wait, sure. what? That's you know? too late. <laughs> yeah, it's it's way too late. It's if for sure, if for sure, the age appropriateness of, hey, I blew it, mm -hmm. you know? And whether it's if I'm fighting with Laura and I got to go to the kids and be like, hey, daddy was being disrespectful to mommy. I'm really, really sorry. That's we should so never, good, Brian. you know, speak that way to each other. I'm not that great at it. Yeah, but that's really I'm just saying great. we should do it. I'm not saying I do it all the time. But that's great. You guys are such great parents. Well. I love your humility <laughs> with your kids and... That's really sweet. I really, I think that's powerful. Uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Go ahead. You were. Oh, I was going to say it's, I didn't have as many, you know, I wasn't as bad in, in things. But you grew but, up, you grew up in a solid Christian home. So I grew home, up in a solid Christian with, home with amazing parents that had a fantastic marriage and they loved each other and they put the Lord first and they taught me the Bible and it was just an ideal God, you know, centered home. Mm -hmm. But when I became a mother... And so it's funny because when Deb and I talk, you know, she's all, I struggled with fear. And I'm like, hmm, I was never scared. I had too much pride. I was overly confident. And that's, mm. I think, a lot to my personality. But absolutely seeing my parents do it so well, they made it seem easy. Mm. And and I know, of course, my parents struggled. And now that I'm an adult, we've talked about stuff in parenting. But they did such a good job mm -hmm. that I struggled with leading on the Lord and ever coming to him. And mm -hmm. I just absolutely try to parent in my own strength and then I had three kids in four years and mm. the Lord really quickly showed me no you need me you need to put me first and I'm so passionate about encouraging moms because you know when you go into something with too much pride and too much confidence the Lord's gonna work that um, yes. out in you <laughs> absolutely yes in a big way and I struggled with anger those first couple years because I'd hold it in and I wanted to be the perfect mom for my kids mm. and not not mess up and you know even amongst my friends I was always the put together one and my kids were always well behaved but so much of my early parenting was a show and I really struggled with mm. my temper and I really didn't submit to the Lord for those first I want to say well I had three kids in four years so those first four years were just like a blur yeah. but it really got to be when my kids were five six and I made the decision to homeschool and I started studying my children and realizing you know this I can't continue parenting this way. Wow. So I think that that's the big thing I want to encourage any of you guys who are just now pregnant or a new mom. And also all of us, you know, we're raising our kids. Our kids are going to grow up in a Christian home. But our kids can know that we're not perfect. Yeah. And I think it's so important that we talk to our kids about our struggles. I felt the way you did up until Lincoln was born. Like when Laura was pregnant with Lincoln, it was like, man, this is going to be so great. I'm going to be such a good dad and yeah. we're going to do things together and this is going to be fun and, you know, all those things. And then he was born and I was like, oh, no. Really? That's oh, interesting. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I was I like, just... I got this and I can have more babies and I'm so good. And my first baby was perfect and everything's fine. Oh, Lincoln was colicky. Yeah. Oh. Uh, our doctors, they always promise like, oh, colic only lasts two months. Three at the most, yeah. Ryan. Three at the most. Our son is an overachiever. He oh. cried <laughs> for seven 
straight months. He was born on October 16th. He stopped crying on Mother's Day. Praise God. That was a present. Oh, my goodness. I tell you what, so nuts. That'll wake you up. I remember I I kept hearing. So he was so colicky, like that whole like, oh, you know, the first time he wakes up, you'll get up. And then the next time he wakes up, I'll get up. Like that whole, you know, back and forth thing. That lasted like a day or two. He got up so many. Like we lost all the sleep. The studies say that in the first two years of a child's life, parents on average lose 25% of their sleep. Six months of your sleep is oh gone in the first two years. Mm-hmm. You had three in four. You were losing all of your sleep. <laughs> you had a lot. You didn't so, have any sleep. Yeah, we tell parents, if you're, really if you're acting irrational and crazy and doing things you never thought you'd do, oh yeah, you have had no mm-hmm. sleep. So really early on, I, I only traveled for my job. I didn't have a daily job. Then I was on the road speaking. If I wasn't on the road... I stayed up from 7.30 at night till 5.30 in the morning. Mm. I stayed up all night, every night with him. Mm. And I'm not kidding. He just never stopped crying. He mm. would cry when he was hungry. He'd cry when he got fed. Mm. He'd cry if he needed to be changed. He'd cry after he got changed. I mean, he just screamed all the time. If we drove, he would... I mean, I put thousands of miles on our mm. truck driving right. him around. You know, mm. if you put a vacuum on in his... A canister vac in his room on full blast a little bit of calming down, Mm. but I just got more and more and more tired and I just didn't think I could do it. I remember there was literally, there was a moment in the middle of that that I thought, oh, I just got to call my parents and tell them I can't do this. Mm. Like I I gotta, I just got to call them and tell them that I I can't be a parent. Mm. And then my brain was like, what are they going to say, dude? (laughs) Like, what are they going to be like? Oh, no worries. Just drop them off at the house. We'll take care of them. It'll be fine. Like they're going to be like, hey, suck it up. Get back in there. Yeah. I was just gonna say I think uh, what a huge blessing though of growing up with um, amazing parents who love the Lord is the stability and the love because mm. I yes. absolutely know that by them loving me tremendously and unconditionally that showed me the Lord's love and I have a very strong faith so I think you know I think that's why when things were sometimes hard in parenting I had such a strong faith and I knew that God was mm. non-wavering because my parents had modeled that mm. and so I'm curious when you were going through that season of colic did you guys feel yourselves turning more to the Lord or did you feel like desperate almost blaming the Lord like I can't believe you gave me this kid who has such bad colic you know well it's so interesting because there are so many other things going on we just didn't have the colicky baby we had Mm. other things that were going on just like Mm. how parenting is you know it's not just one issue that you're usually dealing with right so I had postpartum depression I almost died during pregnancy and then my mom had just died so we had on top on top of it we had all these other things that we were dealing with so I think for me it was definitely a season of when I had nothing else but the Lord. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't care about people. I didn't care about anything. It was just me and Jesus <laughs> and my son and him. And like, we yeah. were just going to hunker it down and get through it. So mm-hmm. I think my faith grew by leaps and bounds during that time yeah, because I didn't have my mom to lean on. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I leaned on Shirley as much as I could, but she was busy running the National mm-hmm. Day of Prayer, and she was a huge help when she could help. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it was just, Lord, mm-hmm. help me every single day. Mm-hmm. I I mean, not to sound like holier than thou, but I just remember mm-hmm. it, I didn't know what else to do. It was either so that cool. or run away, like Ryan said, and just drop the baby off at the fire station and be like, okay, yeah, we made a wrong decision. Yeah. We, we can't do this. It was, it was definitely not holiness. It was just desperation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just for sure desperation. It was, oh, I have no skills of this. In fact, the day he stopped crying, I was angry 
I was asleep and I kept hearing laughter and I was like, seriously, you know, I'm asleep. I just got in bed. Why are you just whoever you have over that's laughing? Could you please go in the other room? I am so tired. And the laughter kept happening. Yeah. Kept, and I was like, oh, I finally got up and I came out and Laura was standing in the door of Lincoln's room. And I go, who is that? And she goes, it's him. Um, and I go, him who? And she goes, it's Lincoln. It's like while he was sleeping, he what? was laughing. No, he was just in his crib, just playing around, just Aww. like holding onto his foot and giggling. And he would look up at her and start laughing, and then he would roll around and he would laugh, and he would grab his foot and he would laugh. Which he, is not common. He hadn't done that ever. It was. I mean, he had cried every single day, all day, nonstop of, until that day. You know, what I was wondering as you were telling me earlier in our other broadcast, um, or before somewhere we were talking about Lincoln, and you said he's the most emotionally intelligent person you've oh, ever known. Yeah. For sure. Did your mom pass away when you were pregnant with him? Yeah. I okay. So I feel like there's so much more about babies in the womb than we could ever know. Yes. But if your son we is totally an emotionally intelligent person extremely off the charts i bet he felt wow. your sadness in the womb and 100%. he might have felt that had the emotion changed it when you but then look whenever he came out he realized oh it's a safe place and my house with my family with my parents and yep. i'm happy mm -hmm. and i'm grabbing my toes and yep because yeah. the way you guys mm -hmm. loved him and you know helped him and, and held him rachel said yeah. Yo, for yeah. sure. Rachel, something that you said, uh, which is interesting, you, you said you had such a great role model from your parents mm -hmm. and you know, you could look back on the things that they had done. That's one of the things that we talk about rebel parenting. If you want your kids to be good with finances, then work on your finances. Mm. If you want your kids to be good at communication, mm, work so in your communication. Well, don't just talk about doing it. I think something that my parents yeah. read their Bible. They actually didn't just say, okay, it's really important to read your Bible, yes. Rachel and my two sisters, but I would wake up and that's a good transition because the, yep. the main thing, the other main thing I wanted to say is as a mom, being a mom's hard. Yeah, Laura being a mom's dad. hard. And being a dad's hard too, but yeah. But I'm a mom, so I can't exactly know. But my mom didn't just talk about being a mom. She showed me. Mm. I don't know. She just was eager. She was. She made being a mom look like fun. Mm. And so oh. even though being a mom is hard, she was having fun That's while she so was good. doing it. That's so good. Wow. And she was modeling reading her Bible. I'd wake up. She had been reading her Bible. Yep. And she wouldn't just talk about we should go do something as a family. She would take us to do things and just had fun and smiled a lot. And I just know that I think that was huge and why I wasn't as nervous when I became a mom because I had been looking forward to it. And my mom had made it just seem so fun. Oh, that's so you awesome. Know? And I think that's a good it's thing so for good. all of us who are currently uh, moms with kids at our home still to remember every day to make it look fun because our kids are such a blessing and our kids will yeah. notice when we're not having fun. And our kids are smart and they know what's going on and they can And they'll tell. think it's them that's causing us not to oh, have fun. Yeah. Exactly. And they can tell almost when we're frauds. Like, yeah. okay, we're, you know, when we're playing it oh, up, sure. they can call us out. And I just think my mom was the most genuine fun mom mm. yeah and i wanted to be that especially you know, when the, they're older they'll just call you on it and uh, just yeah. be like uh, mom yeah and then it's like you just cover your oh, face yeah. and run away and i'm not gonna ask i'm not gonna tell oh. you <laughs> just go yeah yeah and to know that you yeah. that you felt like your mom enjoyed you yeah for yeah. sure i think that's so good that our children know that we enjoy them and you got to yeah. tell them like that's the whole thing you have to tell them all the time you know yes. um who is it? chris hardwick his dad Billy Hardwick was a pro bowler mm -hmm. and I forget what the story was, but he was in his late seventies on his son's podcast 
telling a story about his dad going to a bowling thing and leaving when he messed up and then oh. calling him on it. He was in his seven. It was 60 something years later. And he, when he recalled that story, you could hear the emotions in his voice. And it was mm-hmm. like, oh, you're still hurting from that. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to tell our kids, we got to be louder than the rest of the world. Amen. Yes. Yep. You are amazing. I love, yes. I've been, because I, here's the truth. The reason I do it so much now is because when Lincoln was young, his first, you know, seven, eight years, I was an angry, binary, black and white, mm-hmm. my way of the highway parent. I was mm-hmm. not a good parent. And therefore with him, I don't parent him like I do Lucy. Because I can't. Mm-hmm. Everything I say to him is on top of everything he heard for the first seven, eight years of his life. Yeah. His voice is loud saying, I'm not doing a good enough job. I've mm-hmm. got to keep going. I love being mm-hmm. your dad. So it good. is so awesome to be your dad. Something you said earlier, your parents did it. They didn't just talk about it. Mm-hmm. My dad says that uh, values are caught. They're not taught. Yes. Yeah. Your kids know what's going on. Yes. Yeah. They really do. That's they know amazing. what's going on. They see where you spend your, your money. They see where you spend your time. If you talk about how important Jesus is and you never spend time with Jesus. Yes. Oh man, Ryan, I'm so glad you said that. And they see, I think in this culture, they see social media, how much, Yes. you know, yep. I think a lot of us go through seasons. Okay, we're going to go on a social media fast. And, and they see that you struggle with that. And they see that you might watch a TV show that's maybe not the most edifying show. Yep. I mean, our kids know what we're doing. Yeah, totally. and it, I think a big thing too is like serving with your kids and yes. modeling that. And mm. as Christians, and it's in the Bible all over to care for, you know, the orphans and the widows and to mm-hmm. serve. And so that was something I loved during Young Life. But I don't want to just talk about serving. I want to actually bring my kids mm-hmm. along. Do and that's it. something else right. my parents yep. did. And it's just so important to show our kids. I think of, I'm sure you guys have heard that story of like the husband and the wife and the wife wants to get words of affirmation. And I love you, honey. And and he's like, I told you I loved you on our wedding day. Oh, and yeah. she's kind of like, well, I need to hear it more than just that. Yes, and our that kids day. are the same way, like you said. They need yeah. to hear I love you. Oh, yes. You're fantastic. That's so You're good. beautiful and creative daily. Yeah. And what we learned early, I don't know who taught me this one, is that they need 20 seconds of hugging. Oh, so, I love so I, they, they, my kids now, especially my 12-year-old boy, when I hug him, he's squirming to get out of my arms and trying to count faster. And he's like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve, twelve. And I go, one, I love that. So just the touch and the hug and being there with them. But also I was thinking, my kids know when I'm having a, a quiet time and mm. alone time and they respect that now now mm. they know oh mommy's having her quiet time mm-hmm. and it's okay f- to tell them to go away yeah during that mm-hmm. time because i really that's a precious time and i want to have that with the lord and they know mommy has to have that before i start the day so, so like they'll come up and get their hugs and get their hug on and then they'll be like okay mommy's mm. alone time mommy's quiet time and that's just how it works in our household did you ever hear about Susanna wesley She's the mother of John and Charles Wesley. Okay. She used to pray every day with an apron over her head for her children an hour a day. And they knew not to mess with mama when she had her apron on her head. (laughs) But she also spent one-on-one time with her children. And John and Charles Wesley would write letters uh, to their mother and say, oh, I miss our time together, mom. But look at what her children did. And she had a lot of adversity, lost a ton of kids. Her husband was mean to her. Mm. And she would still go to God and pray for her children. Yeah. Two things. Um, One, you're talking about her husband being mean to her. That's an interesting one. You know, Rebel Parenting, we do things a little bit differently here. And we've coached a number of couples. And every now and then a couple goes through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of ministries that would that would say that's a loss. Well, we took an L on that one. Mm. And it's like, well, 
You know, it happens enough to where if every time you coach somebody and they go through a divorce, if you lose every time, you're going to be losing a lot. Mm -hmm. And what we've learned is if one spouse will do the right thing throughout that divorce, mm -hmm. then their kids have a good role model. That's so good. Because you're going to go through hard times yeah. in a marriage. And yes. you may go through a divorce, and you can still do the right thing when your spouse isn't doing the right thing. That's so good. You can still sure. go to church when your spouse isn't going to church. That's you can so still good. not drink too much when your spouse is drinking too much. You can do the right thing, not in a prideful way, just in a quiet way of, I'm still going to lead by example. Mm, so and you're talking good. about watching a show that maybe yeah. you shouldn't watch, and kids definitely see those things mm -hmm. uh the trolls movie came out yeah my kids love the trolls so do mine <laughs> i love that except there's a troll in there that says omg yes and that was like we were allergic to that growing up and mm -hmm. i am so sensitive to that there's a service called vidangel that we've got yes and mm -hmm. i work with too. okay see vidangel's so great. so great and people are like what is that VidAngel, you can set filters for things mm. and you can run uh, Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Go through it. Mm -hmm. And then they've got their own shows now. And you can say, I don't want to hear swearing uh, and I don't want to see sex or nudity. Mm -hmm. And instead of taking that show away, it just takes the scene out of the show. So you can watch Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime with your kids yeah. and not have cursing or violence. Wow, that's awesome. Or, yeah. I, we, my husband and oh I always do it with all the old movies from our childhood that we loved. That we loved. My goodness, and what? Home Alone? Home Alone has so many bad oh, no, no. words. So many bad Mrs. Words. Doubtfire. <laughs> I remember it being this sweet movie. And then you play it with your kids. I turned oh, on Mrs. Doubtfire. Mom! That's, my son did that to me. This movie is not appropriate. <laughs> Link, Lincoln says that, yes. We turned Mrs. Doubtfire on, and the littlest girl in that movie says the most profane things. And I was like, oh. <gasps> Like, this is supposed to be about families coming back together and a dad taking his role. Oh, my goodness. We couldn't watch it. I mean, Goonies, um, E.T., so oh, many of those. E. Home Alone. Yeah, Home they, Alone was a recent one. That. Yeah. By the way, Back to the Future has a gnarly scene. Like, it does. Do you know, we used to have something that was similar to that when our kids were growing up called Clear Play. Yeah. Okay, we watched all the movies. Like, we watched 300 on Clear Play, and it was a really short movie on Clear Play because <laughs> it cuts it out. But the yeah. funny thing, the bad thing was, we would watch all these movies with our kids, and then they would watch them as adults, and they're like, I don't remember this movie being oh, like this. Yeah. Or they would tell their friends that they watched this movie. Yes. And then it would be like, oh, their mom would ask me about it. And that happened to I was me like, on a oh, show. wait, just a minute. Yeah, yeah it's the edited version. I was talking version. about watching a show on here, and someone was like, dude, you, like, you watch and I'm like oh whoa yeah watching I watch it, it on vid angel I'm yes. like I've got filters on yes. they're like oh I'm like, you have to tell people <laughs> yeah yes, totally. I've gotten in trouble with people before yes yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. do too yeah. definitely that's awesome oh yeah. so where can people find you how can they get involved in help clubs for mom we have a Bible study. So we go through seasonal Bible study books. Sure. Laura has one too and it's called the this one for spring is called the wise woman grows and we go through our books online and we also have church groups that are kind of like mops but they're help clubs and uh this spring book is phenomenal because we have a love your husband two-week section bible studies and a love your husband challenge but for single moms we also have a single mom encouragement challenge mm, that nice. we're offering with yeah. this and then during easter i'm so excited during easter we are doing a walking with john segment where we're all going through for lent uh the book of john but it's all practical bible studies for moms and then michelle anthony i don't know if you've ever heard of her that wrote spiritual parenting oh yeah she wrote two weeks worth of studies in here 
Cool. So we're starting this February 3rd. It's 14 bucks on Amazon, but we go through it uh, on Facebook and on helpclubformoms.com, Facebook and Instagram. And we go through all that. And we're just moms encouraging moms to know the love of Christ. We're just ordinary moms. We're not anything. We're not pros. We're not, you know, we just do everything in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it really works. I love that. I love when women come together to build other women up. Yes. You know, there was, I saw this tweet out that was like, uh, Someone was complaining like, oh, male privilege, you know, women can't ever wear the same thing more than once or da 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 And a guy wrote back like, hey, no guy ever notices that. I know. It's the other women it's that notice so that. It's so true. You're doing that for it's other women, so not for true. your husband. It's your husband so never true. never knows that. They I'll never know. They never see that. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can only wear a bridesmaid's dress one time. Says who? Oh, your other women friends. Says other women. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. seeing your moms, and your moms came out. I mean, they mm-hmm. turned out for these shows. See them encourage each other and be around each other and support each other and have listening ears for each other. That is such a giant encouragement. Because a, yeah, a big exactly. part of Help Club is that we all have the same Holy Spirit. None of us, like, do you ever think about that verse that says the measure of faith God has given you? We all have the same measure of faith that God's given us. Mm -hmm. And I can learn from whoever. Yeah, you're poor, the same same measure, measure, like a soup measure. Yeah, Yeah. we have faith in us. It's a seed and how we use it, it grows. But all of us can learn from each other. And it's a big part of Help Club. I never want to be perfect at Help Club. I always wanted to be just real transparent, you know, um, like, I don't know. I like that our videos, I, I would really like to have a studio though, honestly, yeah. but I like that everything is just kind of homemade and stuff because yeah. it's just, it's just, we just do it because we love Jesus and we want to help people. We want to help moms. Well, we can tell that you guys are a huge encouragement to moms and I love how organic it is. It's just really faithful. You. Your faithfulness shines thank through. You. So thank it's you for being on our and show. Thank you, thank you guys for yeah. asking us and for being on our, the uh, the show earlier with oh, for um, sure. Help Club. That was really fun too. Yeah. It's been so awesome. Thank and you guys so much. Share about our video, our sponsors. Sure. If you want to go to persecution.com, we want to thank the mm-hmm. Voice of the Martyrs for sponsoring oh, our broadcast. So amazing. Oh my goodness. It is such a joy to have sponsors we can talk about. And we appreciate them so yes. much. And def- oh, you got to tell your moms this. Our friends at Rev Media have done a CGI animation of The Pilgrim's Progress. Oh and it's at pilgrims.movie. You can see the trailer. That's like appropriate for children. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, oh, my goodness. And the animation is so good. Like, I was a little worried, like, Pilgrim's Progress, really bad? And then I started that watching it. I was like, yeah. oh, it is so good. Wow. It's amazing. So pilgrims.movie or persecution.com. Wow. Thank you so much to the sponsors. God bless. We'll see you God soon. God bless you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening, Rebels. Thanks to Deb and Rachel for coming on the podcast today. Thanks to Kristen and Laura for doing it. Thank you to all of you for sharing this with friends and family in need. I know while we have all this time on our hands, there's a lot more podcast listening going on. We appreciate it when you share this with your friends and family. God bless you, Rebels. We'll see you soon. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.